please consider making a donation to the Historian Podcast Fund Drive. You'll find the link to our GoFundMe campaign and an explanation of how to donate by mail on our website, which is bobcudmore.com. This is Jerry Snyder of the Historic Amsterdam League, and we're going to talk a little bit about how the League got started uh, back in 2010 and what our plans are uh, for the coming year and uh, some of the projects that we're working on here. Twelve years since we got going, we've accomplished a lot, I believe, and uh, hopefully we've got a long ways to go and a lot more that we can do here. Jerry Schneider is one of the founders of Historic Amsterdam League, and we're going to talk about all those topics. 2010 was when the League started. That was some time after the book. You and the other uh, co-founder, uh, Robert von Hasselen, uh, put out a history book about Amsterdam, did you not? Yes, uh, yes, we did back in, uh, and that was that was kind of one of the impetus for getting the the entire league started. Back about 2003, I was uh, looking through the newspaper one night, and there was a little article in there about a gentleman that was trying to get a um, model project with model railroading started here to uh, model the city of Amsterdam. And I thought that was kind of an interesting thing because I had been involved with some uh, model railroading many, many years ago when I had spare time. I thought, ah, that would well, be interesting. So uh, I went to the meeting and uh, nobody else showed up, including <laughs> the gentleman who had organized the meeting. And uh, come to find out they had canceled it, which I didn't know. A few weeks later, they did finally get a meeting together and uh, several people showed up and they organized a group and... Uh, they needed somebody to do historic research, and I said, well, I've lived here all my life. I'll uh, start looking into it, and uh, long story short, the group formed, lasted about two years until they lost the place where they uh, they were going to do the modeling work, and uh, the group dissolved, but I kind of got hooked at that point and uh, started getting more and more involved in uh, the history of things, discovered postcards were a good source of information and pictures, started collecting those. Once I started collecting those and discovered eBay online, I really got into it and uh, started getting very involved. As I say, I've lived here all my life and discovered a lot more about the history of the place than I had realized. And when Rob Van Haslin became the city historian, I decided I'm going to show my collection. So I walked into his office one day with my binders of postcards and showed them to him, and things kind of snowballed from there. And uh, he, at the time, was also working for one of the book, large chain bookstores in the area. And uh, he had some contacts, and uh, he got in touch with one of the publishers. We ended up producing a book on uh, postcard history of Amsterdam, and uh, things took off from there. What year was that? I hate to stick you with a question like that, but it was before 2010, obviously. Yeah, we... Uh, I, I started collecting uh, postcards probably, oh, as I say, the project started about 2003. I started really getting into things 2004, 2005, collecting cards. By the time Rob became historian, I think that was about 2008. And uh, by that time, I had about 400 cards of Amsterdam and uh showed him my collection, and uh, we started in earnest working on the book in 2009 and got it published in 2010. In fact, I've heard good things about how well the book sold. I think 
uh, from Dan Weaver, who uh, operated a, a bookstore at the time in Amsterdam, the Bookhound, and also the folks at the Walter Elwood Museum. Uh, you, you sold a lot of copies of this uh, of, of this book, right, right, pretty much right off the bat. Yeah, it uh, it was received very well, and uh, a lot of the postcards that we had, it was interesting. Uh, I myself had never realized how uh, popular postcards were in the early 1900s, but so many local uh, scenes that were out there, and uh, uh, people really, really enjoyed it. And it was interesting, and each postcard had a little paragraph with it that described it, and uh, uh, there was a lot of scenes of things that were long gone by then, obviously, and uh, a lot of things that disappeared during the arterial projects and everything. So it uh, it went quite well, and like most things, it, you know, it it took off real well and then tapered off. And occasionally they still sell one here and there, but <laughs> obviously, you know, the time gone by, it it tapered off quite a bit. But uh, it uh, yeah, we we had our initial initial sales down at Dan's uh, when he was down on East Main Street, and uh, uh, it, w- it was received very well, so uh, people still people still comment on it. You know, you know, gee, I never knew type thing, and uh, you know, people enjoyed it, so it was great. And uh, I, I've done I've done shows where I go out and show postcards and stuff, and people still comment on things that they uh, they never knew about Amsterdam, I and mean, that's one of the great things that uh, when uh, the more Rob and I talked about it, and uh, the evolved into uh, you know the the whole idea of you know, the book was received so well, and people like, you know, they're interested in history. We really ought to have a group here in the city. And that kind of planted the seed that, you know, we've got to get something started. And, and the whole historic Amsterdam League kind of evolved out of that. <laughs> now, how would, who came up with the name, Historic Amsterdam League? I think that has a, a lot of panache or class to uh, what you've done. That was Rob's idea. And he, he said, you know, you if you, you you say society and not to he says it's kind of gives you a stereotype you know you think of it's kind of like an arsenic and old lace type thing <laughs> that's right, you know, right. sitting around having tea and discussing you know and he said but the the league is gives you a little bit more dynamic you know i think that was the word he used too it gives you a little bit more dynamic feeling that you're actually doing something when you use the word league so and everybody liked it and the acronym kind of kind of worked how it was a little you know okay we'll call sure. it how you know and it gives it a little little bit more uh, it's easier to say you know how yeah. rather than yeah. historic amsterdam league well if you're league of nations league of women voters i mean you have a lot of good company with that word the league it seemed a little bit more more modern, you know, and uh, so uh, yeah, that was that was his idea, and it stuck really well. It was interesting. That was about the same time that down on East Main Street, they had discovered the in one of the upper floors of the building there those murals on the wall. They were painted wall to you know floor to ceiling on the walls in one of those upper rooms there that apparently was uh, one of the fraternal organizations meeting rooms at one time and uh mm-hmm. we actually went down and uh met there the, for the first time and the group that formed hal actually that was kind of like our first meeting down there when we went down and viewed those murals on the walls and rob and myself and uh, probably a dozen other people including like betty clow uh that were really involved with it back then and uh, that that was kind of like when hal actually was born then when we met that day over the years uh, Hal has become sort of known for, I would call them signature activities. I mean, I'm sure other 
uh, historian organizations do the same thing. But you've had several uh, neighborhood tours. How did that evolve? Well, when, and again, I give I give Rob credit for that because uh, as the city historian, he he kind of looked around the city and said, you know, the there's a lot of history here. And like they say, you you can't you can eat an elephant, but you have to do it one bite at a time. Right. And uh, there's a lot of history here, but if we're going to find a way to get people interested in it, you can't give it to them all at once. You got to give it to them piecemeal. So how do we do that? Well, let's you know let's take people, let's break it up into pieces and do it uh, you know a little bit at a time. So the first tour that the first tour that we did, uh, we said, well, we'll combine it with Amsterdam Spring Fling. That was at the time that Amsterdam decided they were going to start the Spring Fling. So the first year we did it, we just concentrated on the uh, on combining it with Spring Fling, and we did uh, some small multiple uh, tours, walking tours that were uh, the heart of Amsterdam area, just around the lower part of uh, Church Street and that, and tied it in with Spring Fling. And that worked out pretty well, but it it was kind of too much all at once with everything else that was going on. So uh, we decided for the next year we were going to split it off and do it on a separate weekend, and that's when we did the south side, and we uh, did it separately and uh, did the tours over there, and that seemed to be a better uh, better game plan for it. So after that, we decided, okay, we're going to uh, we're going to try to do this on a, on a yearly basis and do a different neighborhood of the city every year. And uh, we published our kind of a companion book to go along with it to tell some of the stories of that part of the city, and that kind of set the format for it and mm-hmm. the pattern. And it worked out quite well. And uh, we kind well, yeah, of run the whole city now. And uh, uh, you know, that's that's come a nice collection for a lot of people to have that whole set of books that covers the city. And the tours were really great. I mean, uh, you had buses, and you and uh, Rob would be on uh, different buses, and other people. I think. I want to say, I believe Jackie Murphy had done some narrating on the buses that would drive around the, the different neighborhoods. And you did, well, you mentioned downtown, the south side, and Rockton, West End, the East End. And all, and, and you always knew that there, there was this booklet uh, waiting for you at reasonably priced when uh, you were done taking the tour. But you usually had uh, quite, quite big crowds, it seemed to me. We've done quite well on that, and uh, the tours, as you say, we, we've usually been able to have a, two buses running simultaneously uh, and do about uh, eight tours uh, all together during the course of the day, and it's uh, it's worked out quite well. And uh, along with that, we usually, wherever we have our uh, base of operations, uh, we'll have an exhibit there also for the people to see, and uh, some usually we'll try to put some artifacts and a lot of photographs and everything of this particular area that we're day and uh, it's, it's done quite well and uh, I know the past past couple of years I haven't been able to do the tours myself but I've uh, been at the base of operations and uh, just the comments listening to the people when they come back and uh, just going through the exhibits and everything uh, people really enjoy them and uh, people always we always tried to incorporate something in the tours that the people wouldn't normally see like we'd We'd get them into some different uh, buildings in the city that they hadn't been in before to be able to tour through, uh, or uh, some different places like uh, the one year when we did Rockton, we were able to take them 
down into the uh, area, down in the lower portion of the reservoir area there and show them the waterworks building and the lower portion of the reservoir and everything. And just something different that they wouldn't normally do or a little corner of the city they wouldn't normally see on their own. And uh, people always enjoyed that because we always showed them part of Amsterdam that maybe they wouldn't have discovered on their own or learned a little bit about something in the city they wouldn't have known otherwise. You hoofed one tour. One was a, a walking tour, uh, and which you've done many years, and not every year, I guess I'm trying to say, and I'm sure you'll explain it. I'm speaking of uh, your cemetery uh, walk in the historic Green Hill uh, Cemetery, which you would usually tie to the uh, uh, holiday of Halloween. Well, our, our, our Ghosts of the Past tours, uh, they seem to be probably our favorite event. And I know people usually will start calling in the springtime and asking, uh, you know, are you going to do the Ghosts of the Past this year? And uh, the, the two years we couldn't do them because of COVID, uh, people were like, you're not going to do it this year? Well, we can't do it this year. And it's it's like people were just, you know, beside themselves that we, we couldn't do it. So so this past year when we said we were going to do it again, it was, you know, people were elated. And uh, it was another sellout crowd. It was great because people just came back and, you know, it was like we missed this and, you know, we're really glad, you know, that we're doing it again. And it was like everything, you know, startup. We had some glitches this year, but it, we, we worked through them. And it was wonderful and people came back and, People called up and said, "Look, you know, can you find me a part this year? I want to, I want to do, uh, I want to be one of the reenactors this year." And it was just, it was great, really. People just supported it wonderfully, and uh, it's, uh, you know, we've already had to start figuring out what we're going to do for the coming year because uh, people were just, uh, they've already asked, you know, you're going to do it again this year. I said, "Yeah, we're going to do it again this year because it's, <laughs> it's one of our most popular, popular events." Amsterdam's a real showbiz city and people enjoy performing and various members of Al and other people in the community, they adopt the persona of uh, a ghost of the past. Oh, definitely. Yes. And, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just great the way people chip in and do it. And we, we have some people that have done it, you know, five and six years running and they just, they just love to do it. And, uh, the, we have people that, you know, work on the research and putting the script together, and we've got got people that just love to, okay, I'll help you with your costume, and I've got this, and I've got that, and they'll go out to some of the thrift shops and stuff and find costumes for people and getting props together, and it, it's like a Broadway production, really, and just, just getting everything together, and, and folks, just, folks just eat it up, and some of the people say, look, I'd, I'd like to do my own some of my own research and we'll incorporate that and and they really get into it and uh, you know it it can get cold out there in the cemetery and windy at night in october and uh, to get people to to call you up on the phone and say look i want to sit out in the cemetery for four hours for two <laughs> nights and and have the wind blow over me <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah. it's just great that they're that dedicated and they really enjoy doing it so it's it's wonderful and the people get a people get a tremendous charge out of going out and taking those tours so it's it's like I say I think it's probably our most popular event. And also, and this kind of relates to the ghost tours to some extent. When you have the ghost tours, usually your uh, base of operations is City Hall. Amsterdam, from a historian's point of view, is blessed with an historic City Hall. City Hall is it's it's such a beautiful building and everything. And and what we we 
do actually is, is and that ties in that ties into our, our Christmas time event that we have. Our, our third major event there is the Christmas at the Sanfords, which we do in December. And in that case, we get to do our uh, we get to do our tours of the building and actually show people the the Sanford home and what it was and talk about the, the family a bit and uh, take them through the building and show them where the the family lived and give them some of the history of the building and. Uh, most people, this year I probably had about 60 people that took the tour, and out of that 60 people, only six of them had ever actually gone through the building before. So mm-hmm. that was really nice to be able to show people what it was like when the Sanfords lived there and explain what life was like in the building at the time. So it gives them a much more, it connects them much more to the building and the history of it, uh, more than just going there to pay your taxes. Yes. Well, maybe we should point out that the Sanfords um, were a a family uh, that uh, created the first major carpet mills uh, in Amsterdam. And for many years, Amsterdam was seen as the carpet city. Of course, that's that's long gone. But it's one of the important uh, historical aspects of Amsterdam. Oh, definitely. Uh, Definitely. And and that's you know, I, I don't think we've I don't think we've been able to do any of the any of the, our events or any of our tours where at some point the Sanford name hasn't come up. I mean, we've done several of the Sanfords during our our Ghosts of the Past and during the summer tours. There's always some questions that come up about the Sanfords, and as a and you know during the obviously Christmas of the Sanfords with the building and everything there. One of the uh, one of the things and I guess this gets into what some of our plans are for 23 but one of the one of the new things that uh, we developed and we've only done it once so far but we want to do it more this year is a uh, is a tour of the grounds of the city hall because as I say during the Christmas at the Sanfords we take people on a tour of the inside of the building but the weather is never enough to support going outside and it actually would take too long to to do that anyway but uh, we do have a tour that we're going to be doing this coming year um, of the grounds of the building outside and covering the external buildings like the annex building and the carriage house in the back and talking about the buildings that used to be there that are no longer there. But uh talks about the gardens and the exterior of the city hall itself and uh, uh, just the, the grounds themselves. And uh, there's quite an interesting history that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, do that a few times this this coming summer when the weather gets better, and uh, I think people will really enjoy that. That's that's so. And what is it that people take away from this involvement with history? I mean, why why is local history important? I I always I always tell people that if you if you understand more about what it is that you're looking at, if you can have a appreciation for what it is and how it got there and what went into getting it to that point. You have more of a connection with it. You have more of an understanding of it. You develop more of a a feeling for it. And I guess it's like anything else. You get, you get a, a, for lack of a better term, a personal attachment to it to the point where if somebody wants to tear something down or you know, get rid of something, you start to think about, well, wait a minute, this, this really is, you know, it's part of our history. It's part of, it's part of how we got here. And it's, you start to take a, a look at the bigger picture of things on how everything works together. And, you know, it's, it's part of, 
how we developed to the point where we are, and it's just it's just something that mm-hmm. uh, you know. Let's let's take a step back and think a little bit before we're too we rush too too much to tear us tear something down or throw something away, and uh, think a little bit about uh, you know maybe we can learn more from history if we stop and think about it a little bit and understand it a little bit more, and um, help us help us take the next step forward without just blindly, you know, heading off into the future without uh, without understanding how we got where we are. Jerry Snyder's with us from Historic Amsterdam League. Also, I know you've put in at least one of those historic uh, markers, and the one I'm referring to is in the East End, uh, Eagle Street and uh, East Main Street, uh, to mark that that area is where the actor Kirk Douglas came from. We were with the Pomeroy Foundation on that one. We also, the first one we put in, we put in up at Shuttleworth Park uh, to commemorate the 100-year anniversary uh, of uh, Crescent Park when that was first established up there. We've also uh, we've also put one in uh, at the Sanford home, uh, Sarah Jane Sanford home on Guy Park Avenue. Uh, we're currently working with another organization right now here in the city to have one put in front of their clubhouse. And uh, last year, for the first time, we undertook the restoration of one that had previously been put up that needed to be restored. And we took that one down and uh, had it blasted and repainted and re-erected again so it looks like it's brand new. And we have another one that we want to do this year. Uh, So we've expanded our new marker program to include a restoration of some old ones. So we're going to do at least one new one this year and one restoration and possibly uh, more of those. They run about $1,400 a piece if you get the new, if you get a new one. Restorations aren't that much, but they're a little bit more time consuming because it takes time to paint them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to do it when the weather's warm because it's nicer to do it outdoors than in your basement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, there's, there's a few of them around the city that need to be, uh, need to be touched up. And the one right, actually the one right in front of City Hall could, use a restoration and uh the one side of it is in bad shape we turned it around so the better side faces outward the one that we redid was the one at the east end of the uh, riverfront center uh mm-hmm. which is the one for uh is that uh, Leonora Berry? yes uh we restored that one and uh in the original colors and everything so that one looks brand new down there maybe but, i should say she was an early woman uh leader of uh, labor unions Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. And uh, so, yeah, we did, we did that one, and that one came out beautifully. So uh, the, the, company that, the company that does them now is the same company that originally produced them for the state, and the state hasn't, the state hasn't done those for the last 30 years or so. So they know, there's no longer a formal program to produce those, so any organization can, uh, can order them now. So we're, we, we have it our own... Uh, our own logo made up and everything, and they have that on file there so that they can reproduce them for us. And uh, we'll work with any organization that uh, wants to get one put up. I think it was a city worker came across this uh, season's greeting sign, which turned out to have historic importance, and Hal went to work. Yeah, that was a, that was a great project for us. Uh, when uh, Kevin McNamara, the, the caretaker, uh, who uh, the, at the at City Hall, the custodian there, um, 
when they were cleaning out the carriage house last year, he found that in storage down there, and that was that's been sitting there. Uh, it was originally made for a festival at Cousins Park in 1958, and they had put it up in the early 60s a couple times at City Hall, and then it's been sitting back there all these years. And uh, when he when he contacted me about it, and we looked at it and said, uh, I, w- I wouldn't plug this in because it was uh, it was in pretty bad shape, but. Uh, we got together and we said, you know, we we ought to restore this because this is something that's part of Amsterdam's history. And uh, we took it on and uh, we got it put together for last year and uh, got it up on Christmas Eve. This year we we were able to get it put up ahead of time and uh, it'll be there for another week or so before we uh, take it down again. But uh, it's just uh, it's it's just nice to have something from that long ago that was part of the city to uh, bring it back again and. Uh, be able to put it up and decorate. We we decorate the rest of City Hall every year for the for the holiday season. So uh, it was just a nice addition to put back up there. One historic Amsterdam League project that Jerry Snyder said exceeded expectations was a booklet on Amsterdam's arts, painters, dancers, musicians, actors, and more. Yes, it did definitely. Uh, one that uh, one that was a little different, and one that we had to look at look at something other than just neighborhoods because we had pretty much covered most of the city physically. So we started to look, okay, let's take a look at covering part of the city culturally, and uh, take a look at uh, rather than the physical places, let's take a look at some of the people. And uh, it turned out to be very interesting, and it's a surprising number of people that were involved in the different arts here in the city. And uh, actually, uh, it turned out to be our largest largest book that we ever put together. And uh, the exhibit uh, was kind of a multimedia thing that we had music and we had video and uh, we had uh, various exhibits with photographs and uh, physical objects, and it was really quite quite interesting and more interesting than I actually thought I would be uh, interested in. And uh, I think that uh, there's actually a potential for a, a second volume on that book because we just couldn't get everything into one. And it's, it's, really, it's really, to me, I was quite surprised at the number of people that were involved in the various arts here from Amsterdam. And I guess it's it's like with the ghosts of the past. When you when you look at it, you can find a story no matter where you look. Now, if people want to uh, join the Historic Amsterdam League, how do they find out more about it? They can go to our website, uh, which is historicamsterdam.org, and they can join online, and uh, they can uh, submit their form online. They can pay their dues online with PayPal. Uh, they can... Uh, Print out a form and mail it into us. Uh, we're at Post Office Box 132, Amsterdam, New York. And they can drop us an email. We can send them the details that way. We're historicamsterdam at gmail.com. Come to one of our meetings. We'll have a quarterly meeting on the third Wednesday in January at City Hall. We'll be glad to have They're open to the public. We'll be glad to have you stop by. And uh, we'd love to have uh, anyone stop in that's interested in the uh, history and heritage of Amsterdam and uh, wants to see it preserved. We're glad to have any anybody come that uh, is interested or just wants to see what we're about. Well, I must say, uh, uh, Jerry Snyder, you've been very helpful to me in, in writing uh, history columns and even uh, a couple of books. Uh, and uh, you have a real uh, love of, of history in uh, the uh, Amsterdam uh, area. 
uh, and best wishes uh, to the historic Amsterdam League as you go forth. Jerry Snyder, one of the founders of Historic Amsterdam League in Amsterdam. You've been listening to the Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudmore. I hope you'll consider making a donation to the Historian's Podcast Fund Drive right on our main page, bobcudmore.com. We have a link to our GoFundMe campaign and an explanation of how to donate by mail. Uh, That's all explained on the website, bobcudmore.com. But let me tell you, you can uh, make out a check to me, Bob Cudmore, and send it to 125 Horseman Drive, Scotia, New York, 12302. Thank you very much for listening to the Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudmore.